As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. You all know the drill. We got to let it breathe just for a couple of seconds. Make sure it's nice and stable for our awesome audience out there in Broncos Country. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime and fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I woke up this morning and hopped on Twitter and saw that the players of the NFLPA – I know that sounds kind of ridiculous because it is the Players Association, but the players kind of had a unified social media push, I think it was, kind of trying to generate some, uh, I don't know, fan pressure on the NFL, try and curry some favor in the the court of public opinion with regard to the ongoing negotiations, excuse me, between the NFL and the NFLPA. What was your reaction to that blitzkrieg? Not to pat myself on the back, but they're saying the same thing I said. It's like they want to play, but what are we doing here? Why are they dragging their feet? Why is there no plan in place? It's nine days now until training camp is supposed to start. You know, rookies report next week, Chad. We're getting going now, and there's still, we don't know anything. All these major macro questions still up in the air. How is testing going to work? How is, you know, isolation going to work? How is distancing going to work? Are there going to be fans in the stands? I mean, I can go down the list of all these questions. They want to play but they don't want to put their health in danger. They don't want to put their family's health in danger. And I understand that. Listen, they're millionaires, they're athletes, they're world-class celebrities, but they're people first and foremost. And they have families, they have babies, they have wives. They don't want to endanger that. It's not political. It's not you know anything other than just doing the right thing for themselves. They want to get out there, but I put myself in their shoes. I'm usually pro-team, Chad, but in this situation, Goodell has totally botched this whole thing. He had the luxury of time. And that luxury has definitely run out by now. I don't understand what they're doing. 
Well, I was on the call on Friday with the NFL PA as a member of the Pro Football Writers of America. And they, on one hand, the players, you know, you got the, the executive director. I can't re- remember exactly what his title is. DeMarie Smith. Everyone knows who he is, who's been paying attention anyway since 2011 with the lockout. And then you've got the current president of the NFLPA, which is J.C. Treader, the center for the uh, Cleveland Browns. And they got up on their soapbox and, of course, talked about how concerned they are, you know, risks. They understand there's going to be some risk, but they, you know, they don't they don't want to go crazy, bringing, as you say, risk and bringing the bug into their homes or, you know, their wives and children and whatnot, which is understandable. But the NFL, uh, the NFL I should say, has gone to great lengths to basically create new protocols that are in place for the word that she'll go and mention, we'll say CV. And it just being on that call Friday, it felt like more to me what, what it is, is they're, I mean, not to say that they're not concerned about safety. They are, of course. But at a certain point, everybody knows that unless you're going to be playing in a bubble like the NBA, which is not feasible for the NFL to do that, by the way, but unless you're going to do that, you are opening yourself up to some modicum of risk, no matter how low you you mitigate that risk. You're opening yourself up at some level. And what the NFL has done, they, they believe, is mitigated it down to the lowest possible amount of risk as possible. For the players, obviously that's an issue. But, Zach, to me, what seemed like the biggest issue sticking in their craw right now for the players, the union, is they want 21 days of conditioning to open up camp. In other words, their their rationale is with an offseason that included no offseason training program, no playing, no walkthroughs, no you know, half throughs, no just playing in pads, basically. All the stuff that takes place during OT, all three phases of OTAs, as we know, none of that has occurred this year. What they're worried about is in 2011 when with the lockout, which is the closest facsimile situation to what we have with, with the word that she'll go and mention, there was a, I want to say 40 something percent increase in lower body injuries in 2011 because players basically went, this is an extreme simplification, but oversimplification, but they basically went from the couch to the field. Right. And so there was a lot of, uh, a lot of lower leg injuries and an increase by somewhere in the 40 percentile. And they want to try to avoid that this year. And they think the players, the best way to do that, Zach, is to have the first 21 days as conditioning. So no football, no plays being run, no you know quick explosion, no contact, none of that stuff. It's just conditioning for 21 days. Then you get to the walkthroughs and the installs and all that stuff and then contact and all. Well, the problem with that is you go three weeks, you put it linear three weeks from July 28th, which is when camp begins, you 100% X out at least three of the four preseason games because technically all four are still on, on the schedule right now which is fine. I think the NFL at the end of the day, they could live with that. But the problem is, Zach, in order to even have a preseason game, it's an exhibition game, but you still need to be able to practice the plays. And if you're waiting three weeks before you even get to that point, how are you even going to – so they're holding on the NFL to the vestige of we want to at least have some kind of a preseason, and the the players are just saying, look, forget that. It's all about being in the best position possible to start the regular season. This is the great debate, though, because owners of teams don't care about players. I hate to put it so bluntly. They don't care about their health. They don't care about their conditioning. They want to have preseason games because they want to make money. They want to earn back some revenue they are going to lose in the regular season. Even if there is full fans in attendance, a lot of people are not going to come to games because of that. 
that fear out there, Chad, that that fear mongering, that that narrative that's out there about CV. So teams are going to lose money, millions upon millions, and collectively the NFL, billions of dollars. Owners want a preseason game for that much. Players want you know to have some time. They want things on their terms. But these questions, Chad, I understand it from both sides, but these questions should have been hammered out before July 19th. It's like a kid in school who waits till the last minute. And I can attest to this. I was the same way in school who waits until the night before a project is due to get it done. And speaking from experience, it never works out. It's going to be sloppy. It's going to be hasty. It's going to be just as it goes along. And we don't have any, what happens if it wipes out a whole defense, a whole quarterback group? What if a coach gets sick? These questions had to have answers. And I give Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, I don't like him. I think he's a horrible commissioner, but he handled these questions head on, Chad. He had answers for everything months before the bubble was even constructed. He wanted to make money and preserve the revenue and some of it anyway from this season. He wanted to have a Presumption, but he didn't wait. He didn't lollygag. He didn't drag his feet. He didn't think that CV was just going to go away. He was prepared for every scenario where the NFL just kind of ignored it and, and shut their eyes, closed their ears, and pretended it never happened. I don't buy into so much of the panic like you do, but I also acknowledge it's real and it's affecting everything in the world right now, sports included. Goodell had four months come with a plan. It's not easy. Money versus players and players versus doing what's best for them and owners. It's complicated. But to wait till nine days before camp when we have no answers, it's inexcusable for a multi-billion dollar business. Well, the thing is, though, accountability on that side goes from the players and the owners at this stage. I think both sides just... I agree. From what I heard on that call, both sides have kind of... The situation they're in right now is a result of happen you know i think we all when we were sitting here in april we were all hoping we talked about on this podcast many times we're all hoping that by the time you get to july things are a lot calmer with regard to cv and you know you're able to move forward with some modicum of normalcy and while i still think that the league can and will move forward with a modicum of normalcy there's so many hoops yet still to be jumped through that you worry that is there enough time to get them done now the right. good news is, Zach, the NFL season itself, the regular season, I mean, we're almost two full months away from that. So there's still plenty of time, but you've got to be able to have at least a training camp. I understand if you're going to throw out the preseason, if that's how it shakes out, I think every fan right now would gladly dispense with the entire preseason if you knew you were guaranteed a regular season. Yeah. If you were guaranteed a regular season. And that's how the players feel right now, but the owners – they're holding on to that. And I don't necessarily think it has to do with only the mighty dollar with the preseason. I mean, I think with for NFL teams, from the football people, the front office people, to also the CV protocol safety people, they want to have an exhibition-style uh, environment, at least one exposure to that, where they can work through all these new kind of running on all cylinders and so, you know, the football people, they want that preseason because it helps evaluate the roster math, right? It helps them get from 90 to 53, seeing how these players compete on the grass against outside competition. But this is a year where you might have to figure out how to form that 53, Zach, without the benefit of preseason all 22 tape. You're just going to have to go off what you see on the grass, how they behave in meetings, what they retain, how they perform in drills, and the whole nine yards. 
But can we have a roster expansion? Can we have an IR expansion? Can we have a PUP expansion? Can we have a special CV list? I mean, what if there's an opt-out like the NBA players and MLB players were going through in their sports? If players want to opt-out, is there a contingency plan in place? Can they make, is there going to be a trade deadline this year? Can they add more players and certain, I mean, we don't know any of this right now, Chad. And you're right. I see it from both angles. it's, It's a hard negotiation. That's why the lockout happened in 2011. It's hard. A lot of money on the line, a lot of different um, factors and preferences online. It's not easy to get this done. But again, you had all this time and we don't know anything right now. We don't know anything on April 19th, May 19th, June 19th, July 19th. And it's like, what are we doing? It, 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 what are we going on this summer with? We're going to have one game, four games, training camp, fans, tests. What is going on? I just want some sort of answer to give me some encouragement that there's going to be a season. I'm with you. I will gladly sacrifice training camp. It's easy for me to say sitting here and not having to be on the field, not having to be in conditioning. I will gladly sacrifice the summer if it means the fall is intact. But is that going to happen? Are they are they negotiating toward that? Are they working toward that? Is that the end game? What is going on here? Just give me some sort of clarity, and I'll I'll get off this this beating the dead horse. Let me tell you why I remain absolutely and perfectly confident that there will be a season. Yes, we, we know these teams, the owners are motivated by that dollar-dollar bill. We know that. But guess what the players are also motivated by? The exact same thing. Why do they put themselves through the risk that they do, even in a normal season? I mean, every time a professional football player steps out on the grass, they're taking their own lives, their lives into their own hands, right? They, it's a very violent and dangerous sport. Anything can happen. We've seen tragedies take place uh, in, the football, in the game of football dating back uh, decades. But here's the thing. If they don't play, if there's no season, you know, what's what's uh, Von Miller going to make this year? Somewhere around $20 million. Guess how much of that money he sees if there's no season? Justin Simmons, he wants that $11.4 million franchise tag. Guess how much of that he gets if there's no football? Now, the contract stays in place. The contract would still exist come this time next year. You take 2020 and put it on 2021, but – what are you going to do between now and then? I mean, a lot can happen between in, in a year's time. So right. I think because they're ultimately motivated by the same things, eventually here in the very near future, you're going to see them you know, work through some of these things. But it's going to take flexibility on both sides. Both sides are going to have to be willing to come to the table and make some right. concessions, as it were. But, guys, we have a great show planned for you tonight. We're going to talk about something really interesting Justin Simmons said over the weekend, two storylines that came out of an appearance Justin Simmons made on Good Morning Football, one of which Zach crushed with a plum with an article on Friday, and the second of which had to do with Drew Locke that we're going to talk about here tonight as well. But first, gang, just a couple of quick matters of business. We're going to be giving away some swag tonight. Why? Because it's really fun for us. We love being able to give back to our audience, to our Super Chat superstars, and it was so much fun for us last week doing it on Sunday and Monday. We're going to keep it as a theme. We're going to start doing it. Maybe it won't always be Sunday's shows. Maybe it won't always be Monday shows. But we're going to have at least one show per week where we do some giveaways and really engage with you guys and give back. And we're going to be doing that again today. So stay tuned. We'll talk more about that here in just a second. But, guys, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter. The show, the channel, the brand of Mile High Huddle continues to grow exponentially. And we want to make sure our new listeners understand how to connect with us on social media. So, on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And while you're at it, make sure you follow at Mile High Huddle as well for breaking Broncos news and analysis. If you're in a position, head on over to HuddleUpPod.com 
get your swag on. Get yourself one of these hats, a football priest t-shirt, a Mile High Huddle hoodie, State of Being Baby, mugs, face masks. There's a little something for everybody. Uh, men, women, you name it. Go check it out. HuddleUpPod.com. It's a great way to support what we're doing. And if you're not in a position to do that, it's okay. We understand not everyone is in that, that position to patronize a merch store. These three things each and every listener can do. Make sure you're subscribed, especially if you're on YouTube. Like the video and share it out there if you really love what Zach and I are doing for you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I'm Sulin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, before we dive into the main meat and potatoes of tonight's show, Stephen brought up something I think it's worth discussing, kind of a feel-good story. Steve Baumgartner, one of our superstars, who's going to be on the show not this week because this week is Eclipse Stormborn coming on Wednesday night. Steven's going to be on the show with us next Wednesday. Um, but anyway, Steven says, did you guys see Jerry Judy's house? He sounds very humble. Let me show you guys what, in case you missed it, what <laughs> Steven is talking about here. It's actually quite inspirational. Uh, hopefully you can see that. He says it, the meme, it shows him standing outside of his house folded uh, with his arms folded. And it says, quote, I remember living in my coach's garage now I got a crib with two garage. I don't flex. I motivate, which it's just cool, man. I I'm, I'll be honest with you. I don't know the entire uh, life story of Jerry Judy, Zach, but it's just cool to see so many players, you know, come from, from very meager backgrounds in terms of yeah. privilege and, you know, where, where their families stand, where their families stand economically or their parents together, all these different, a lot of different obstacles people fight through and overcome in order to just get to college and then from college to make it to the pros. And when you see someone like Jerry Judy finally achieve his dream, man, it's, it's just, it just, it's, it's one of the reasons why we love this game. 
he caught a lot of flack for his uh, his caption on that post for his grammar. But he also I, I people also wondered how did he buy that? Did he get a signing bonus fronted to him? Where did he get the money to buy that house? But he has no Broncos contract yet. But right. you know. On the surface, it's I've always loved seeing the players buy their mom's houses and buy their dad's cars. It, it's so on a human level, so enriching and, and so endearing that these guys aren't just millionaires, aren't just athletes. They're people with big hearts. They love their parents. They love their families. I always like seeing stuff like that. But it did cross my mind, Chad. That house has to be what? 1.5, 2 mil? I mean, it's not cheap living there. Depends uh, on where he's at, obviously, in, in Denver. But yeah. As you, I mean, that's a salient point. Where did the cheddar come from? Because he hasn't signed his contract. As we talked about, we at least <laughs> touched on it a little bit last week. No rookie yet has has signed, which means no signing bonus has hit that bank account. Hmm. And that's one thing that'll that'll be different. When I talked about earlier, before in the first segment, that you know how much Von Miller will make this year if there's no season zero for players who sign new money deals. Their signing bonuses they will get. Those signing bonuses will come whether there's football or not. So. The rookies like Jerry Judy, you know, he wants that signing bonus and he's going to get it. I think probably next week he, they report uh, for training camp or rookies do anyway next week. But the only thing I can imagine Zach is, you know, he's a grown man he's been an adult for several years. Maybe he's renting it. You know, he just decided to rent a house. Maybe he purchased it. And if he did, maybe he has some kind of an endorsement deal that we're, yeah. you know, we're missing or something, but it's gotta be. Could even be his agent helping him get the house because he knows the, the payments coming here and the in you know it's imminent. But uh, Jerry Judy, man, we're all excited to see him in orange and blue and see him out on the grass. Which that brings up another storyline we got to get to today at some point. I don't want to start with it, but that is he and Emmanuel Sanders had a little workout video together in which mm. Emmanuel Sanders offered up a little bit of a, a bold prediction for Drew Locke, Jerry Judy. And the Broncos offense, but we're going to get to that. Zach, the first thing I want to, I want to start with here is your story from Friday. And then guys, we're going to get to your super chats. We're going to get to your comments and questions. I promise you, John is on top of that right now as we speak, but I just want to get this story um, off our chest here really quick. Bear with us one second. All right. So here's the headline. First and foremost, Justin Simmons clarifies contentious remark on not signing his long-term deal with the Broncos. Justin Simmons went on, let me close this box here. He went on Good Morning Football on Friday, and here's what he said. Quote, if the Broncos wanted to get a deal done, they would have. And so the reality is another year on the franchise tag is like a contract year all over again. Year two in Vic's system with all the weapons that we have, I'm more than confident in myself and what I can do. Moving forward, we'll just have to see. It's a business decision on both ends. Whatever's in my best interest and my family's best interest is always what I'm going to do. Close quote. Zach, you had the article, so why don't you drop some knowledge on our listeners? If the Broncos wanted to get a deal done, they would have. We'll talk about what Mike Cliss said next, but your thoughts first and foremost on what he had to say. He's absolutely right. Everything he said there was correct, and I defended him in that article, Chad, because he spoke the truth, but he didn't come off jaded. He didn't come off bitter. He didn't come off resentful. I, he come off, came off honest but motivated. I have another article or quote in there in the article. He talks about the talent on the Broncos' defense and how Chubb's coming back and Vaughn is rejuvenated and they have all this, this new secondary pieces. I mean, he... Listen, is he disappointed he didn't get his money long-term? Yeah. Who who wouldn't be? He deserves to be paid like a top-three safety. 
But the way that Cliss spun his comments, Chad, and even the way that around the NFL just took that little bit uh, of his quote out of context and made a story out of it. And for someone like Cliss, like I wrote, a 61-year-old mouthpiece of the team doesn't know that who's been around the NFL for most of his formative life. But, you know, a young 20-something guy in Justin Simmons knows what the NFL is about. He knows what the Broncos wanted to do. He knows what the Broncos would have done in a normal offseason. And on some level, he understands why a deal didn't get done. He didn't say it. He didn't say because of CV. He didn't say because of a weird offseason, revenue losses, salary cap constraints. He knows, though. He's smart and heady and intuitive enough to pick up on that. And for Cliss to say something so divisive, only to take the Broncos' side to further that that connection he has with them. I thought it was borderline irresponsible, Chad, for someone like that. I, it's totally out of context, and it's totally incorrect. So here's here's what pissed off Justin Simmons and what Zach's talking about here. Cliss quote tweeted the report from around the NFL that Justin Simmons said if the Broncos wanted to get a deal done, they would have. And here's what Cliss said. This is different from the humble Justin Simmons we know. Strong comment that blames Broncos for no deal. Right. Where's the blame? Right. Let's 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 move on. And then here's what Justin Simmons said in response to the Broncos' most um, notorious, I'll say, insider. All right, As Zach. I love the the verbiage you use there. The mouthpiece of the Broncos. Here's what Justin Simmons quote tweeted to Cliss: "Quote a deal is two sided. Never single handedly blamed anyone." Reality is, if it was going to happen, it would have. I'm thankful for another year to play ball and would appreciate you not trying to divide myself and the team. Close quote. Zach nuked him from orbit there. Yeah. Even that was respectful, though. He could have came back with, uh, you know, an ad hominem or a personal attack on Cliss, but he was right. It takes two to tango in the NFL, and neither the Broncos nor Simmons agent Todd France wanted to relinquish the proverbial lead in that tango. And that's all it came down to. They wanted to get a deal done. The Broncos offered him good money, but not great money. Simmons has his own value. He had the leverage. He's under contract for one more year. In a normal offseason, this would have gotten done. But like he said, it does take two. He's not blaming anyone. He's pointing out the reality of NFL negotiations. And Cliss knows better than that. To say something that, that points blame and try to be divisive, I don't understand. And that's why I took umbrage with that in the article. I, does this sound like a blameful man? He's talking about how great the Broncos' defense is. The season can't get here fast enough, he says. We just need to get back to some football. Now, a guy, if he was mad at the Broncos, if he was pissed off, if he um, was deflated or disenfranchised, would he make those comments? No, he would not. It's it's Cliss trying to stir the pot and take the John Elway side. And yeah. you know what? It's cute for a while. We all, you know, we all know what Cliss is about. We all know his reputation, but this was wrong, Chad. Simmons is one of the best players on the Broncos team, and he said nothing wrong in his remarks. I blame around the NFL and I blame Cliss, and I blame the state of the world we're in right now, where one line like that is just ran with. And people just buy it. They get the likes, they get the retweets. That's the way the social media goes. The full story is often lost. And it was with Justin Simmons. And I was glad personally I got to kind of, you know, to tell his side or defend Simmons in this in this battle between him and, and Mike Liss. Absolutely. Let me grab Christian real quick, one of our superstars for a super chat of the night. Thank you, Christian. We're grabbing here. I think I missed one. I'm gonna go grab it from from Eclipse Stormborn here in just a second. But Christian, a reminder, you must have missed this. But we haven't heard from you. You were one of the winners of the drawing. It was either Sunday or Monday last week of pick what you want on the merch store. Let us know what you want, and we'll ship it out to you. 
We still haven't heard from you on that. So reach out to us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let us know what you want on the merch store at huddleuppod.com, and we'll get that coming to you, my friend. Thank you for the support. He says, do you believe Simmons will get his contract taken care of next offseason? Yes. Zach, how are you feeling about the state of what that might be? He's going to get a contract, whether it's from the Broncos or another team chat. He's a premier elite safety in the NFL already at 26 years old, and he's still getting better. He's already a top three guy. So if the Broncos don't pay him, which I think they will, he's not going to be franchised again. Another team will come and open up the checkbook. I do believe his his contract will get taken care of. Will it be $15 million a year? I don't know. Is it going to reset the safety market? That's going to depend on what Simmons does this season. If he has an encore of 2019, he is going to get a lot of freaking money. If he has kind of a down year, which the Broncos are hoping for, they're going to save some some money, a few bucks, be able to sign him back again. But regardless, one way or the other, Simmons will get paid next offseason. And that's the only reason why. He knows that, Chad. It's the only reason why he would turn down, I'm assuming, you know, 12 a year, because he's holding out in the long run for 15, 16 a year, and he'll get it. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. He'll get it from some team. I mean, like I said, I think it was last week. If Justin Simmons was on the open market in March, if he hadn't been franchise tagged, he would have got $15 million a year from some team. Some team yep. would have given him that. And the Broncos had a chance to keep him locked down long term. And I'm not looking to point fingers here. I'm not, I mean, it does take two to tango as you talk about, Zach, but they had their chance where they could get him locked down without having to compete. I mean, should have just said it last year. He could have got, he could end up getting 16, 17 when you factor in the, um, you know, demand. If you got multiple suitors coming in, it drives the price up. So the Broncos had a chance to 
negotiate with him purely one-on-one. They'll have a chance to do that again next year if they want to franchise tag him again. But then you start perhaps disrupting this goodwill that I think Justin Simmons genuinely still has for the Broncos, even though a deal was unable to get done. Uh, Eclipse Stormborn, bona fide superstar. He's coming on the show Wednesday night. Dropped a super, and I'm sorry Thank that you. the chat uh, jumped over at my friend, so we're, we're just doing it the old-fashioned way. He says, Drew all the buzz, lock year, hashtag locks year, hashtag the buzz. Thank you, my friend. We're going to talk about what Simmons had to say about Drew Locke, and I think, you know, my, I guess we might as well do that now. So actually, first, though, I wanted to just read this quote. You referenced it, Zach, in one of your early remarks here on this topic, but yeah. I wanted to, for context on how Justin Simmons is viewing this season, what his outlook is really like, read this quote. He said, quote, you're talking about Vaughn Miller. Bradley Chubb is coming back. Jarrell Casey. We got Shelby Harris, Alexander Johnson, Todd Davis, myself, Kareem Jackson, A.J. Bouye, Bryce Callahan is coming back. We've just got so many weapons around the board. And we're talking about year two. Guys feeling comfortable in the Vic Fangio system. I can't say enough good things about our defense. You talk about a motivated uh, a motivated defense at that. Guys willing to prove themselves. I'm excited. The season can't get here fast enough. We just need to get back to some football, close quote. So he's champing at the bit to get back to playing some, some football. There two sides still have some business to do in terms of the NFL PA and NFL, as we discussed at the top of the show. But he is geeked up about what this defense can do in its second year under Fangio. And let me point out something. You see all the times he said, we are the way he referenced the Broncos. He didn't say the Broncos. He didn't say Denver. He didn't say they. Do you remember Von Miller's contentious negotiations, Chad? He cropped Elway out of an Instagram post. I mean, that's what happens when a player is resentful or blameful in negotiations. Justin Simmons is not. And I see some question in here that why would the Broncos be hoping that Simmons has a down year? Because even a down year for Justin Simmons is still a top six, seven safety in the NFL. And they'll pay him regardless because they'll be saving money if he has a quote-unquote down season. But this is a guy, based on everything he said in the real proper context, he is not mad. He is not holding grudges. He is not you know, looking for a way to get out of Denver. He's motivated, just like Philip Lindsay. He doesn't hate the Broncos, but he knows what he's capable of. He wants to get paid, and he has a big chip on his shoulder now to show the Broncos and the entire NFL how good he really is. All right, we're going to get to this Emmanuel Sanders story. Uh, first, though, we got to grab Terry's super chat, showing some love, bona fide superstar north of the 49th parallel, proving that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a hashtag state of being. He Thank says, you, sweet acts. Appreciate you, Terry. We also have Zach George jumping in, the biggest Reich fan on the planet Earth, <laughs> one of the biggest Broncos fans in a bonafide MHH Mount Rushmore member here. He says back from a very hot, exhausting weekend in the Poconos, just showing some love. Appreciate that. George needs a lot to us. My friend, as I think, you know, uh, Terry as well, real quick. He says, uh, brooding eyes, luscious hair. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. <laughs> Terry's going to be on two weeks from today. So it's going to be fun. Can't the seventh, the seventh, or excuse me, two weeks from Wednesday, excuse me. Uh, the seventh superstar segment is reserved for Terry. So we're looking forward to talking with him. It's going to be a gas. We also got Mark jumping in, showing some love on super chat. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, just wanted to say, what's up, my guys, you all have a good night. My Bronco family, hashtag football priest, huddle up pod, MHH. Awesome. dude. It's good to see you, Mark. And, uh, 
and Terry and George and all you guys. All right, we're going to get uh, back. I know there's other questions. There's other super chats stacked up. But, Zach, real quick, since we're still on the topic of Justin Simmons, I want to grab this quote. In that same conversation, he was asked by uh, – I can't remember which of the Good Morning Football crew asked him this, So, but it's besides the point. He says, look, there's a lot of hype, which I don't exactly agree with, uh, in the national media about Drew Locke. We've seen one or two mouth, uh, one or two national perspective guys like Colin Cowherd. I'm trying to think now off the top of my head who's another one. Either way, it's been few and far between. By and large, when you look at power rankings of the Denver Broncos in relation to the other 31 teams in 2020 and lists in terms of where does Drew Locke rank in terms of the starting quarterbacks, from the national perspective, it's been lackluster for, for the most part. But still, there is a sense of hype in Denver anyway, right? There is this, these raised expectations. Everybody's excited. And so he was asked, Justin Simmons, whether or not the hype is justified, if it's getting out of control, um, if he's being Drew Locke pumped up too much. And here's what Simmons said, quote, I don't think you're pumping him up, maybe not even enough. In other words, saying, I don't think you're pumping him up enough. I saw it in the locker room. In those five games he was playing, even when he was uh, starting to get back, he was taking reps against the first-team defense. It didn't matter. There was that type of swag. And like I said, a lot of it, it is just confidence, not even cockiness. You know, He just goes out there. He knows his abilities, and he knows what he can do, and he delivers. So five games, four and one, had a whole offseason to really prepare for this. And so like I said, I really think Drew is going to step into his own this season, and I'm excited for him. Close quote. The, the thing I like the most about that, Zach, is he said he knows his abilities. He knows what he can do. He talked about the swagger, the confidence, and he delivers. That's the crucial part here is he delivers. We talked about this in – I've done it multiple written articles comparing him to the other rookies from 2019, the other rookie quarterbacks. The one thing he did that none of them did, that could say is his impact showed up in the standings, Zach. His impact showed up by virtue of the Broncos – Going into week 13, when he was the starting quarter, when he started his first game, with a combined three wins that Joe Flacco and Brandon Allen were able to scrap together, and they finished with seven wins by virtue of Drew Locke. Now, it wasn't just Locke, because Locke, being the dynamic quarterback that he is, like true quarterbacks should do in the NFL, he's that tied. He raised all ships. The team started playing better when he was inserted. So your reaction, though, to what he said, that maybe he's not getting pumped up enough, I mean, that's quite the testimonial from Justin Simmons. Two things jump out. Again, if he was mad at the Broncos, that would have been a stock answer. His quote would have been half of that paragraph, Chad. So obviously he's still very, very much invested in Denver, and he's treating negotiations for what they are. It's him and his agent versus John Elway and Rich Hurtado in the front office. It's not Justin Simmons versus the Broncos. Second of all, I maybe I'm looking too much into it, but maybe is this kind of a shot at Paxton Lynch, a guy who had <laughs> all the hype and never delivered, whereas Drew Locke has, you know, he had a little hype last year and delivered on that and then some and going into this season I'm with Justin Simmons he he's kind of also was shot and all the people who are counting out the Broncos and hating on the Broncos it's true Drew Locke does not get enough hype the things he did last year for rookie quarterback coming in cold coming off an injury it was phenomenal to me he looked better than Kyler Murray at times and Murray was the offensive rookie of the year so I'm fully with Justin Simmons there he's not getting enough hype the Broncos are not getting enough hype they Read it. They feel it. They see it. I said this before. You know, why I say let him hate and all that. They see it. 
they feel it. They absorb it. It's on their bulletin board. It's in their mind. It's in their memory. They're not forgetting that. And Justin Simmons is giving it back to those haters, giving it back to those detractors, saying, listen, we're a legit team. Locke's a legit quarterback, and you're going to see in 2020 the Broncos are for real. Amen, my friend. we got Dave Darlington, Callie Dave, jumping in, one of our superstars. Really appreciate you, my friend. He says, procrastination, speaking to the negotiations between the NFL and NFLPA, the first step of failure. And, and, I mean, it reminds me of my teenage sons, right? Their whole philosophy on life is why do today what you can always do tomorrow, <laughs> right? That's that, that, I'm, I'm constantly battling against that philosophy. But just like in player negotiations, right, what, what moves the needle? When the rubber meets the road, when does the deal get done, Zach? When, the, up, when you're up against the deadline. When the right. deadline comes, I mean, not to say that deals don't happen outside of that. They do, but they're the exception, not the rule. And the same rule governs what's going on here. The players in the and the league have basically nine more days. I think he's well, right, Zach. Is twenty eighth is a yeah. Tuesday, and they report. So, I think this week, probably right up against the weekend, is when you're going to see some some kind of news break in terms of a deal getting agreed to here. And Zach, David wow. Kilgore jumping David, in as well. Thank you so much. Love. Mount Rushmore member. Yes. Appreciate you, David. We look forward to one day being able to get you on the show and talk to you. He says, would the NFL do like the NBA and play all in Orlando? What do you guys think? Really want to thank you guys for having this pod. Great job. Thank you, David. Here's why that won't work for the NFL model. NBA teams, there's only 22. How many are in the NFL? 32. That's not the only reason why it wouldn't work. You've got, what, 35 players and coaches, people, 35 people total, Uh that an NBA team needs in order to function 35 times 22. I don't have a calculator in front of me and math's not my strong suit, but figure it out combined with the NFL for an NFL team, Zach, you have 53 players plus the practice squad. That's 63. Then you throw in all the coaches and the equipment people and all that stuff. And it becomes astronomical. Where are you going to put all those people? You can't, you couldn't put over 5,000 people, which is what it would take to get all 32 teams into a bubble in one hotel, you can get it into two, probably into maybe three, but that's beside the point. It's just a much more, it's, it's a Leviathan, not to say the NBA small potatoes. It's not, but in terms of the NFL, it's just not apples to apples. So that is not something Zach, I could ever see uh, being a viable solution for the NFL and the NFLPA, which is why they got to get this thing done. Yep. That's exactly what it is to me. It's that there's way too many people and coaches and players and personnel. They'd have to have multiple bubbles in multiple cities. And here's the other difference, Chad. The NBA season was in full swing. They're resuming their season, whereas the NFL hasn't even started their season yet. The NBA is just doing the playoffs and having a quick little, you know, amended championship finals, best of seven, I think. best. I don't know how it's even going to work. But a bubble would never work for the NFL. It's, it's apples and bowling balls. The NFL, they want to make it normal, and I applaud what they've done this offseason through free agency and the draft. Everything was normal. But then time caught up to them, and, and the surging in cases caught up to them, and they have not adjusted since then. So a bubble won't work, and if it did, they'd already be in one. It's an easy solution. It's just not practical for the NFL in real life. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Right. In a perfect world, it, it sounds great. And it sounds like a common sense solution. Put them in the bubble, you know, cut them off from exposure and, and all that. But in the NFL, it's just not going to work. Not only that, the NFL remains committed, the players as well, to having some fans in the stands. So right. you can't do that in a bubble. Um, but let me uh, let me jump down here real quick. Timothy says, why don't people see the leadership of Locke? He learned from Manning, Peyton Manning, and having practices on high school fields. Plus, he knows the offense but didn't know a cheap – oh, Skang's, Skang's offense, I think, is what you might be saying there, Timothy. Um, but the thing I want to touch on and the reason I pulled up this comment, Zach, the question, why don't people see the leadership of Locke? The Broncos do, but that's one of the things that the national media right now are missing – they weren't all they saw was the week 14, 38, 24 beatdown of the Houston Texans. That's really all they're really taking away from that five game audition. And the fact that he was a rookie and the fact that he spent 11 weeks on IR and the fact that it was a small sample size. Just know that the Broncos, they understand the leadership of Locke, even Justin Simmons. That's something we've heard him talk about before and other players. It's one of his strong suits. And he's a guy that honestly, he's not a dictator type leader. And I say that in the best sense of the word, like Peyton Manning is like, you better get in line. And, you know, this if you want to touch the ball and you're a wide receiver in this offense, you better get in line and do the things I want you to do. That worked great for Peyton, but that's not the type of leader Drew Locke is. And Drew Locke's young. He can't really dictate like that anyway. He has to lead by being a magnetic personality, by being accountable for his own play, by trying to lift up his teammates, and then delivering on the field, the D word that Justin Simmons talked about, Zach, in his yeah. comment. 
Chad, you nailed it. You hit it on the head. Uh, you named all the becauses, which are true. I'm going to just throw one more out there because he's on the Broncos. If he was on the Patriots, he would be not a household name, but he'd have a lot more hype going into 2020. If he was Aaron Rodgers back up in Green Bay and he made five starts last year and went four and one, he would have all the hype in the world because the Broncos haven't been relevant since 2015 because they've been counted out. They've been kind of crappy the last couple years. Uh, he doesn't have that same exposure, but he will. This is why I keep saying, let them hate. Let them count him out. Let them criticize him. Let them not believe in the Broncos because come September and through January, they will all see the truth. All right, John, let's pull one of those names out of the hat, my friend. Let's give away. And here's what we're giving away tonight, guys. I have in my possession a brand new, unused, br- just straight out of the box, huddle up podcast, hashtag football priests hat, the same hat you see Zach and I wear on every podcast. Very comfortable. Very, very, and stylish, and just it's the business. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna be giving one of those away. John's gonna run it through the old internet machine he found. Oh, we got a result. Let's see what we got here. Uh is that a real handle, John? Yeah, or is that someone's real I, handle? I think it is. Yeah, he's in the the, the uh, right, chat stream. That's not a name I recognize, but nevertheless, let's put it in here. Give him some props. He's here. No way, man. Is the winner winner? Chicken dinner. No way. Giveaway. Okay. This hat, it's going to you. No way, man. If you want like to claim your prize, all we need you to do is reach out milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Or if you're connected with either Zach or myself or John on social media, you can DM us and we need your personal deeds. We need your shipping address and we'll get this hat out to you. So thank you for being with us live. Thank you for supporting MHH and the Huddle Up podcast. And uh, we look forward to sending you out this hat, my friend. Yeah, forgive me if I'm wrong, Chad. I don't uh, recognize his name. He seems like a newer contributor to the podcast. So it's uh, oh, good timing. Good timing. No way, man. We hope you like the hat and uh, we appreciate your support. We'll get that out to you uh, as soon as possible. Zach, one of our superstars, has a really good question, and Zach's going to be on the podcast in the month of August. We don't have the date exactly hammered down, but we have one of those Wednesdays reserved for Zach's web designer. He says, if no football season, does contracts stay intact or do they expire like a normal season? I'm asking because of Philip Lindsay. So my understanding, and this was something I talked to someone very knowledgeable on this topic today, in fact. No, no, no. Whatever the contract is right now. So if you're locked down contractually and let's say you're Philip Lindsay and you're going into your third season, okay? And there's no season this year. There's no 2020 campaign. That third season gets paid forward into 2021. So 2021 then becomes your third year and the third year of your contract. So again, what that translation is, is that unless you came into new money this offseason by virtue of being a draft pick or a free agent signing or you got an extension, if none of those three things, if you can't say they didn't come with a signing bonus, guess what? You're not getting any money this year. You're getting zero dollars. So that's why the Broncos and the NFL Players Association, they want to play this year. They want their money. Yeah. They know that their playing careers are finite. They know that it's a race against father time from the second they step into the league. They can't. They don't want to risk wasting a whole year, many of which most of the league, it's their prime years. They don't want to waste a year of that. So – and they want that money. They want to earn. That's the whole reason why they put themselves through, you know, the, the attrition that they do on a year in, year out basis is they want that Cheddar's Act. 
Yeah, and you know what? Things are constantly changing, Chad. I can't profess to know every possible outcome of what's going on next year in terms of the salary cap, in terms of players' contracts. They don't even know. The NFL doesn't know. The union doesn't know. The players don't know. This is one other thing that's up in the air. All I I have heard, though, is that the NFL has proposed, I believe, a $70 million reduction in the salary cap for 2021. And the owners are fine taking that hit, but the players want to spread that out over the course of three, four, five years. They want their money too, and the owners want to preserve their money as well. It all comes down to that, Chad. We can talk about competitiveness and wanting to be successful, wanting to win games. It all comes down, like everything else in life, to money. And the sooner they can meet in the middle about money matters, the sooner we'll have football with a plan in place. This is funny. Zach, hopefully, I'm sure you saw this, but as uh, James, the bona fide superstar, MHH OG here, he says, "Uh, didn't you hear, Bona? Chad Kelly can outrun every quarterback in the NFL apart from Lamar Jackson. So in case you missed it, I'm not going to go find the tweet and show it to you. You can go find Chad Kelly on Twitter. But he did try and flex saying – He's the fastest quarterback in the NFL, exempting, of course, Lamar Jackson, which, look, Chad Kelly is a lot more talented, I think, than the NFL world at large gives him credit for. You know, million-dollar arm, nickel head, but the fastest quarterback not named Lamar Jackson, give me a break. Uh, You can't outrun a vacuum cleaner. He's going to outrun Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. Sorry, do that again, John. It's not going to happen. It's not. It's not. John, I accidentally – whatever you put on – oh, Here's what he here's what he meant to say. It's like he didn't hear of Kyler Murray, Marcus Moore, uh, Mariota, Tyrod Taylor, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. You could even throw in the likes of Blaine Gabbert, Brett Hundley, even Cam and Art. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. G3, if healthy. So, 
yeah, Chad Kelly doing his level best to stay in the conversation as a fourth-string quarterback currently for the Indianapolis Colts. And what's so ironic, Zach, is he was literally, you know, that that snafu where he showed up wasted in someone's house. Uh, <laughs> Halloween party. On Halloween <laughs> night. What he is going was on? two weeks away, Zach, if he wouldn't have done that. Yeah. He was two weeks away from the Broncos saying, look, we we whiffed on Keenum. This just yeah. isn't working. Let's see what we got in old Chad Kelly. He was about to get his shot. So, anyway, Stu jumping in. Zeus McPeak himself. Stu. Appreciate you, my friend. <laughs> you, and um, I do want to talk to you. So, I know it's a weekend and everything, but hit me up. Let's, let's connect tomorrow. Stu's giving me some uh, advice. We saw his command center in person. You guys did too, but he gave us a little bit more of a, of a tour and we're trying to, uh, I, I need some advice. I got to figure out a way to up, upgrade my internet, which I already did once, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, but still too many times. I mean, I more than quadrupled my bandwidth and, and speed and yet it's still occasionally giving us trouble. So Stu's going to give us some, some insight there. Um, all right, Zach, we have a few more supers that are stacked up. And real quick, I want to give a shout out here to Montana Baldwin on Twitter, watching the show live. Good to have you. See, you. We, we want to include Facebook. We want to include Twitter. We want to include everybody here. Um, I want to talk about Emmanuel Sanders, but first we got to really say thank wow. you to Bobby. Holy smokes. Is showing some very big love on super wow. chat. It's incredible. And it's, it's a very, Small Zach, an elite group of our superstars and community in the MHH. Um, That's amazing. YouTube wow. community that has shown that level of generosity in an individual super chat. And just know, Bobby, that it really blows our mind. It, it's very humbling. I mean, I wish there was a way that we could show you how much it means to us and express to you how much it means to us. But you know, I don't care if you're, we're going to get the trolls, Zach, that are going to say, I'll oh, get back to talking football. We don't want to hear from your your superstars. Talk about the Broncos. I don't care about those people. Stay mad. No. Go, go f stay mad, exactly. Go find another podcast. That's not all this, this podcast is about. Yes, we're talking Broncos. Yes, we're talking NFL. That consumes the majority of our programming and our conversation on a pod-to-pod -pod basis. But it's also what makes our podcast unique and what makes us keep coming back for more is the community aspect of this podcast and engaging yeah. with each other and just outpouring to support like this, Zach. It's just unbelievable. She says, hi, Chad and Zach. You guys rock. Thank you for all you do. Sorry, I can't show up as much as I want to, but I will when I can. Love Broncos Talk and MHH family. As always, go Broncos. It just amazing. seriously almost brings a tear to my eye. Thank you, Poppy. You know, Bobby, if you just made that comment without the donation, we would appreciate that the same. But the, the level of significant contribution you make to the show, just with your interaction and, of course, how generous you are, it, like Chad said, it blows us away. It, it, it's really, truly incredible in the very literal sense of the word. Thank you so, so much. Much love to you, my friend. And uh, we're, we're glad to have you in the stream. We're glad to have you in the community. That's right. And Bobby's actually still, you know, she's she's settled in, obviously, but she's one of the newer members of the community. I want to say, Zach, just shortly after it was either free agency or the draft is when mm -hmm. I remember her beginning to uh, engage in the chat stream and all that. So we're just happy to have you, Bobby, and appreciate you more than more than we can say. Thank you. All right, Zach, a few more supers that are in the chat stream, but I want to grab this Emmanuel Sanders story. Um 
he of course connected with he obviously he probably still has a home in Denver, right? He spent 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 and half of 19. So five and a half years he spent in Denver. And so I'm sure he's, he still ha- keeps his home here. And even if he's not here, you know, living here primarily, he got a chance to connect with Jerry Judy. And I, w- I would just say, go find Jerry Judy and uh, watch this video. If you want to see some of the routes they were running and stuff, but it captures a, what appears to be a private conversation, just, you know, two dudes talking. And basically what Sanders says is quote, this is Sanders talking to Judy. I'm looking forward to seeing y'all boys play in his second year. He's talking about drew Locke. If he do what he did last year, it's going to be special close quote from Emmanuel Sanders, which, you know, I think in a sense he's going, man, I suffered through all those depredations when we were stuck in the quarterback desert, <laughs> Super Bowl 50, the Simeons, the Paxton, the Keenums, the Flaccos. Oh. And then you deal me away to San Francisco and he, you know, he wanted out, but I missed Drew Locke by what a month. So he's probably wondering, man, what would it be like? But still, he's giving some props to his old team. Yeah, and it just shows again that the, even these ex players, if they have a problem with John Elway or the front office, it's limited to that. Even the ex players can look back at their former team and say, listen, Drew Locke is something. The Broncos are something. They're going to be good this year. And he might be a little, it might be FOMO in Emmanuel Sanders' case, but he went on. He almost won a title with the Niners. He's playing with Drew Brees in New Orleans now. He, he done pretty well for himself, Chad considering how his, his Broncos tenure ended. But I'd be the same way. I'd be like, listen, I had to suffer through all these horrible quarterbacks for, for three years, and you finally get a good one, you trade me away. It's yeah. just cool to see the legend of Locke grow, though, with each and every comment. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's he he might wonder what it would be like to – I mean, he got a chance to s- spend time around Locke. I wouldn't quite say play with Locke because when he was even in training camp when Locke was active and present, he wasn't getting first team reps really. He might have gotten a few here and there now that I think about it. So, but still, Sanders was mostly catching passes from Joe Flacco last summer when Locke was a rookie. Let's grab Mike Evans, one of our bona fide superstars, who is going to be on the show in the very near future. I, I don't think we have a date locked down, but I replied to you, Mike, in uh, our last email correspondence. So check that out when you get some time. Really appreciate your yeah, generosity you, as always, my friend. And glad to hear that uh, the missus is doing okay. He says, "Who do you guys? Who do you think will be the MVP on defense in 2020?" Zach, my answer is this: If it's anyone other than Von Miller this year, <laughs> I'm worried. You know, it's got to be Von. Von's got to get back to being Von. And if that happens, you know, he's he's the. Uh, I think it's it's your phrase, right? The the straw that stirs the drink. Did you see what he looks like, Chad? If he doesn't win it, you know, because what he he's, he's an animal. He's a animal. monster now. He looks like the Hulk. I mean, he he is bulked up. He's all muscle. He looks imposing, intimidating. I wouldn't want to be a quarterback he's facing this season, Chad. And you and I both believe we're going to see the old Vaughn, not the 2019 Vaughn. We're going to see the 2015-2016 Vaughn, and that's why he's going to be the MVP with, you know, 15, 16 sacks. It's going to be fun to watch this season. Amen. All right, we're at 52 minutes, so let's mosey through these final few uh, Super Chats rapid fire. I did just barely check it, Terry, and uh, <laughs> appreciate the donation. Terry's digging up old info on my band from college. You know, I spent about 10 years playing in a band, and for a few a couple of those years, we we hit the road and toured and did some fun stuff, put out some, some uh, records. But, uh, yeah, Terry, I saw that. Thanks, buddy. 
Now I know what you meant. Nice axe. Okay, I get it now. I'm I'm a little bit slow on the uptick with some of these things. That's why we need Zach here to uh, translate. But uh, appreciate you, Terry, as always, my friend. All right. Jeez. Mundungus. The wizard. The wizard jumping in from the top yes. rope. Wow. Just unbelievable, dude. That What is that? Three for three? three like row, the last man. three podcasts? He's he, You know you, you uh, don't have to do that, my friend. I mean, it means everything to us, and it motivates us, and it just keeps our nose to the grindstone and, and uh, excited to continue bringing you this content. And it's going to be a million times better once we actually get some cleats on the grass. And we're, we're still optimistic that's going to happen here very soon. And it's just going to be all the more fun. The conversation is going to be all the more fire. It's going to be great. But dang, Mundungus, dude, you're blowing our minds over here, bro. Yeah, it's uh, last couple pods, Mundungus. You've been absolutely incredible. I hope your mom had a great birthday. And I can tell you right now, and Chad can attest to this, you have a one-way ticket to Mount Rushmore. You're up on the clouds. You're on there. You're a superstar. Not only for the donation, just your interaction with us, your support with us, it means everything. The last three pods, like Chad mentioned, it's just been, there's no words. It's been incredible. Thank you so, so much. Also, I went on your website because there's a book that I'm going to buy called Gridiron Genius by Michael Lombardi. Uh, or is it Lombardo? Anyway, um, I couldn't find it. So if you have that, let me know, dude, and uh, I'll buy it. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, what's up, guys? Who is the most exciting player on the Broncos that is flying under the radar? Hmm. I think there are a few players that qualify as under the radar from a, from like a national perspective, but I would say, I mean, lock Philip yeah. Lindsay, Cortland Sutton. I mean, pretty much all the Broncos are flying under the radar. Bradley Chubb, he's being kind of counted out because he didn't play last year. Um, Bryce Callahan, if he really exists, Chad, he was great in Chicago before he hurt his foot. He's being, you know, written off, including by us, admittedly. A lot of Broncos are being underrated because they don't get that national hype. I'm going to throw out a name, though, in terms of among Broncos fans in turn, flying under the radar or someone you might not expect to make a sizable impact at who could this year is the seventh-round pick, Derek Tuska. I mm. think a chance to be – Shaq Barrett caliber backup rotational edge rusher. You know, he's going up against Malik Reed. He's going up against Justin Hollins, who was a fifth round pick last year. It'll be interesting to see how that, that competition takes shape, but he's a player that is not don't sleep on him. Cause he's a seventh round pick. This dude is a beast and I can't wait to see what he can do, especially once you get him into the same room in the same locker room, same drills with Vaughn and Chubb and, you know, learning from those guys. I'm really curious to see Derek Tuska. Along the same line, Sternat as well, who we both believe will be a starter by midseason or a little later after that, taking over for Todd Davis uh, next to A.J. Johnson. There's a lot of names out there. I mean, Reisner even, he, he's going to be a perennial pro bowler, if not all pro. All of these Broncos players are underrated, Chad. You can even talk about the undrafted guys, Bassey, Coleman, uh, Bellamy. I mean, those three have a chance of making the roster and, and, and playing significant snaps. But a large majority, unless you're Von Miller or Justin Simmons or maybe even A.J. Boye, they're all being underrated. And you know what? Again, hashtag, let them hate. Let them hate, baby. Um, all right, let's grab. And another name, we've talked about him a little bit. It's a college free agent to keep an eye on is Asang Bassi, the corner from Wake mm -hmm. Forest that went undrafted. He's another guy that I think – depending on how training camp actually shakes out, 
you'll hear some buzz about him. If we get a chance to see these players in the preseason, you'll I think you'll you'll see quite quickly why saying Bassey is a DB to, you know, you'll be a force to be reckoned with when it comes down to the final roster math. All right, David Kilgore jumping back in. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, David. He says, have you guys heard anything about college football? Is there going to be a college season? There is, I think, going to be a college season, Zach, and I think it's going to be – like I, it sounds like the SEC, they're playing. Now, some of these, yeah. these conferences aren't going to do out-of-conference games. They're just going to keep it in conference, which doesn't make any sense to me. But nevertheless, if you're going to play a game, if you're going to play a conference game, what's the difference of playing a non-conference game? I mean, <laughs> I don't understand it, but – there are some. I, I think it was the Ivy League recently just yeah. announced they're not they're out. They're not playing sports this this year. But uh, I think we're going to get college football on some level. There's a lot less clarity there though than there is on the NFL side because it is college, and so you're also you got one foot in in the educational arena. And with education comes a lot of other considerations and red tape and different things um, that aren't a part of the equation for the Broncos or the NFL. Plus the scouting aspect as well. I mean, these players want to have, you know, one eye on the redshirt juniors or seniors that want to have one eye on the NFL next year. And they might want to be put in a position where they might get sick and have to miss out on their NFL dreams. I don't know about college football. It might be truncated Chad. It might be just a shortened season, but leagues like the Ivy league, they're not going to play maybe fine, but sec, ACC, big 10, big 12, those conferences are printing cash. They are money machines and it would take a, a, a plague, a bubonic plague for them not to play football this fall. We're going to have college football, like Chad said. We're not expert experts in that domain. We're more on the NFL side, obviously. There will be a season. It's just trickier, too, because the players don't get paid. These are student-athletes, and they don't really have much incentive to risk their health and their family's health for no money. All right, let's grab Kenneth Booker, <clears throat> who always has a good question. What are some players that made great first impressions and what are some players that made horrible first impressions? Don't need bad impressions. Uh, name, just examples. So here's a, this brings up something we, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but Noah Fant was someone who, when we got a chance to talk to him at the combine, Zach, he came off to me, he rubbed me the wrong way. Let me just put it that yeah. way. And maybe it was because just in contrast to his teammate, Iowa teammate, TJ Hawkinson, he just came off as just um, I mean, Hawkinson stood up there and wept openly in front of a throng of media and cameras about his coach, Ferentz, uh, there at, at Iowa. And just very, uh, I don't know, he was just humble and, and earnest. And not to say that Fant wasn't earnest or sincere, but for whatever reason, his I'm going to be the number one tight end, I'm going to run the fastest 40, I'm the best, it just rubbed me the wrong way. But then here's where the story turns. I realized after he got to Denver and seeing him play and listening to him there that my initial impression was 100% wrong. He's a great kid and he's very humble in his own right, but he's also supremely confident in his own talents. And you know what? You know, sometimes if it's to be, it's up to me. That's a, that's a truth. Okay. And you have to will it. It's like the, it's like the secret. If any of you have ever read that book, <laughs> you have to commute, you have to believe it's going to happen. you got to tell us that. Yes, to the universe, and that's what he did. He was, you know, maybe he didn't end up being the first tight end off off the board. It was his teammate Hawkinson who went, you know, quite early. But still, he proved to be by the time it was all said and done, twenty twenty, 
the most productive rookie tight end in the class, and he set some franchise records in Denver. So that's one example of a of a first slash, you know, great first impression. Um, I don't know if you got anything to add there, Zach. Great we're, first we're getting long. Great first impression was Reisner Chad. We both looked at each other at the combine and thought, this guy is a stud. He's humble, he's confident, he's talented, and I so badly wanted him to land in Denver. So great first impression. Bad first impression, Paxton Lynch. Come on. I mean, that's that's too obvious. That's a layup right there. Dude, I still think of that goofy social media. Yeah. Dab, the dab, yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Appreciate you, Terry. As always, you jump back in. State of being, football priest. Love you, you, bro. Terry. Uh, Glenn jumping in, one of our superstars, the the proud owner of a very balls out man cave, Bronco man cave. He says, "Nice to hear Emmanuel say positive things." The two tens together, Judy's already the real deal. Can't wait. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag locked and loaded. That's a good point. That's something I brought up in the written article. But Judy is taking on the mantle of the number ten jersey in Denver, which of course was Emmanuel Sanders. But Judy's going to carry that on. Do you know who Emmanuel didn't mention, though, Chad, in his complimentary praise? And that was Cortland Sutton. Remember the dust-up they had in training camp? It's I don't think he he's wishing Cortland Sutton well, but he's definitely wishing the Broncos well. <laughs> and he sees, like Chad Ochocinco does, the talent that Jerry Judy is. And he just wants him to do well. He's, he's supporting his former team. But there's a limit, I think, on the support and the, and the emotional investment that Emmanuel Sanders has for the Broncos. You wonder. I mean – the thing I remember about that dust up is that Sanders was quoted as saying something effective. You haven't proven S in this league. Yeah. You, haven't proved, you know, cause he's entering a second year, how much that motivated Sutton to prove him wrong. We'll never mm. know. Maybe he would have become that 1100 yard pro bowler in year two that he ultimately became without that dust up or that negative motivation from Emmanuel Sanders. But I'll always wonder, I'll always wonder. Um, Mandangas dude, <laughs> bro. I got nothing. That's mind blowing. Oh my goodness. Speechless. Mundungus. To follow up with that, when we just praised you for your last donation and told you how incredible you are, you did not have to do that. Just chat. There's no words. Our community is amazing. Hey, you know, this is something that we do in this community, which is, you know, if someone's got something going on that's, um, you know, they're battling something or something's going on. You know, we, we talk about it. We keep each other in, in our thoughts and prayers. If we're supporting each other also, just like our friend, uh, DAW discount audio and wills, you know, if there's, if there's a business, whether it's brick and mortar, whether it's an internet business, we want to draw people's eyeballs to that. We want to support it as well. And that's why I'll say that if you are a reader out there, you want to check out Mundungus's bookstore. And I'm going to put the link here in the chat stream, but really appreciate you, my yeah. friend. You, you, you really don't have to, to do that. And he says, you might think that I'm way too optimistic, but after seriously looking at all the possibilities on the roster, I see the Broncos going 11 and five. The wizard has spoken. Hey dude, that I, was my way too early prediction, Zach. I, I wouldn't be shocked, Chad. Am I expecting 11 and five? No, but if things break a certain way, if Locke takes two steps forward, not just one step forward, they have the talent, they have the coaching, they have an easier schedule. If the stars align, this could be the surprise team and the year of Drew Locke. And if it's the year of Drew Locke, they will be a 10-11 win team. So it, it's not that out of the uh, the ordinary to think something like that could happen. We got BG jumping in. Really appreciate you, my friend, and Thank OG you, of this podcast, showing some love on Supers. Good to see you, my friend, as always. 
And also James saying uh, across the pond, really appreciate that super Thank chat you, as well. I think Sir Terry is trying to say you're a rock star, Chad. <laughs> Great pot as always, gents. Hashtag nice acts. Hashtag Zach's bookcase fund. Hashtag Broncos world. Hashtag state of me. Appreciate that, James. John, let's give away one more. Let's give away one more uh, hat here. Let's pull a name if you still have that open. And uh, Terry, talking about <clears throat> uh, Justin Sternad, the rookie fifth-round linebacker out of Wake Forest as well. Does he equal Kyle Van Noy? It's a, I, I can see the comparison on some level, but I think Van Noy, who can play off-ball and edge, I think Sternad's more of just a straight-up off-ball yeah. linebacker. And in a perfect world, like – you know, in a four-three linebacker, four-three uh, scheme, he's a he's like a quintessential will linebacker. He's Wesley Woodyard. For those of you who can go back to like the 08 through you know 2012 ish Broncos, that was he would thrive in that where he's not necessarily the one primarily taking on blockers. He can just kind of play on the outside, play on the edges, and just run around and make plays. And you know, also no slouch in the coverage department. That's my thing. Yeah, I don't want to draw any comparisons for Sternad. I want to see him play a couple snaps at the NFL level with the Broncos before I do that. Van Noy, though, was much much better in run support than he was in pass coverage, where Sternad can be the cure to the Broncos' longtime Achilles heel, guarding tight ends, guarding running backs, you know, helping out in pass coverage. That ability and that talent paired with A.J. Johnson, an inside linebacker, that is the future of that position. And no matter who he turns out to be, Kyle Van Noy or whoever, you're, you're going to be in good hands once he gets up to speed, Chad, Sternod, and starts in this defense. Okay, we got one last giveaway. John has ran the names. Everyone who's live in this, who's been live in this stream with us, their names get pulled and put into the machine. Very and deserving winner. Very deserving. David Kilgore. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Now, David, you have, I know, the, the football priest hat. You have the face mask. So what I'm saying is, here's your options. Um, the orange hat is gone. It's going to uh, Big Kev in Florida. But this is the last of its kind. If you want this hat, un never worn before, only this was one of like 12 hats that were made up by my friend Ray Roybal for MHH. If you want this hat, just let me know, and I'll, I'll, you'll be the proud owner of a very rare and unique hat. If you, it's flex fit though. So if, if that's not your cup of tea or you don't want that, just go to the merch store, pick something out, let us know what it is, shoot us an email and it's yours, my friend. So thank you gang. That's got to do it for today's episode of the huddle up podcast. Oh, BG back in. Thank you, Brian. Says, uh, I'm back working again. I'm expecting 11 and five. I believe lock is the real deal. And by the way, BG has always been, a diehard supporter of the podcast. He uh, owns this individual record for the largest individual super chat all time. And he's in every stream, whether he's super chatting or not, we're, we're talking to him, we're getting his thoughts. And so we're happy to hear, of course, Brian, that you're back working again and 11 and five. That's again, that's I'm seeing that now. I want to see what takes place in camp. We're going to have one more prediction before we actually have the season. Zach and I will go on record. This will be the one we want you guys to hold us accountable to. But the way too early prediction for me was 11 and five, Zach. 
Yeah, in terms of expecting a record, I'm expecting, not hoping for or wishing for, I'm expecting at least 9-7 and seven this year. They go 7-9 to nine last year, and they have talent improvement, coaching improvement, Locke in his, his first full season, second season overall. I'm expecting 9 wins at a minimum. It could be 10-6, and six, could be 11-5, and five, but I'm with you, Brian. Chad and I both are. Drew Locke is the real deal, and he will prove that this season. All right, gang. See, this is what I'm talking about. Bookmark your website, Mundungus from Zeus McPeak himself. All right, guys, we have to get out of here for tonight. We went a little bit long, but thanks to each and every one of you for joining us here tonight on the Huddle Up podcast. Sundays are just always so much fun for Zach and I. We're going to be back in the saddle, though, tomorrow night, Monday. Hopefully, who knows, maybe we'll, we'll have some news, some movement on the negotiations between the players and the league. Only time will tell. But in the meantime, of course, you're subscribed on YouTube. Of course, you're following us on Facebook. Of course, you're following on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Make sure you're also following the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. And whatever you do, make sure you're following my partner here, my fellow football priest, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad N. Jensen. And then also uh, John Buona Beast. He doesn't go by Buona Beast on Twitter. It's at John, J O N K K A Y M H H. Follow him there as well. Zach, have a great start to your week, bro. You as well, Chad, and we're going to get some news this week because rookies will be reporting and training camp is getting underway. We're right at the finish line, the light at the end of the tunnel. We're right there. We don't know what it's going to be like just yet, what camp is going to look like, practices, but there's going to be some sort of news and momentum for things to get done. I'm looking forward to this week, Chad, for the pod. Amen. A reminder, as Buana puts in here, milehighhuddle.com for more content. we got written articles, videos, community, the conversation. If you want to keep it going, Follow us over as soon as the lights go off on these live streams. That's where we're hanging out all day long is at milehighhuddle.com. So come over there, engage in the comment section, engage in the community. We want to hear from you there as well. So uh, thanks again for joining us, everybody. Good night, BG. Good night to all of you. Mile high salute to our super chat superstars. For Zach, for John, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you again same time tomorrow night, Monday. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.